Hi, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em, and we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. And the hello is in the form of a New Year's challenge. Yeah, I know it's early, but bear with me. So can I make it to the end of the podcast without cursing? (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's not going to (laughs) happen. But we'll see. We'll see if I can do it. It's probably not going to happen. I am not setting that same challenge for myself. (laughs) No, feel free to not. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's something that I could succeed at even marginally. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've tried. I can't go a day without a curse word. Apparently. I've, yeah. You've always been the sailoriest. (laughs) Yeah. Today we'll be discussing Pulling Doubles by Christina Jones. Nurse practitioner Devin Eccles is making strides to live her best life by completing her internship at University Hospital. The physician supervising her internship is the arrogant Dr. Joseph Wright. Devin soon learns that Joseph has been hiding his attraction to her behind his callous treatment. Maybe the first impressions were wrong, but does this mean their mutual chemistry can turn into love? Content warning for abusive ex-partners. There will be spoilers beyond this point. Okay, should we get this thing started with me asking a question? Yes, ask me the question, Em. I'm trying to think of the question. <laughs> <laughs> directed attention to myself, and now I got nothing. Excellent. I thought you were prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you would think that. <laughs> Especially since you know that I filled out the notes, like, right before we started. Hope springs eternal. (laughs) I'm ready. Are you? (laughs) Okay. Is Devin? (laughs) Well, Erica, tell me about Devin. Like, she's got the internship going. What else has she got going on in her life? How good is her life at that moment? Does she have everything that she really wants? You know, I kind of just, I think Devin could just do well. If if this story didn't happen, Devin (laughs) would still be fine. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, does she, that she make did. sense? She very much had her act together. I mean, there's no, yeah. I mean, even the stuff with her ex. Yeah, she wasn't. She figured it out. Yeah, yeah. She was definitely keeping him at arm's length and should have. Anyways, uh, Devin. Okay, so Devin is completing the requirements that she needs to complete for her nurse practitioner's license. And the final thing she needs to do is this year-long internship. Oh, God. I don't even want to... I don't... You know, when I said, like, she would be fine without the story, like, that's really, like, that's my headspace. I'm like, why? Why, Devin? Why are you in this book? (laughs) You keep doing you, girl. Keep going. You're working it. Yeah, she... She... Yeah. I mean... The story seems to take the the idea that the love interest is also the antagonist, like to heart, <laughs> uh, a little bit, uh, you know, because they have a. Is it like enemies to lovers at the beginning? Because I mean, he's got the whole arrogance thing going. Yeah, it is. This is a haters to lovers. Because okay, Devin is a woman with a plan. She is almost ready to be a fully licensed nurse practitioner. 
She just needs to complete this year-long internship at University Hospital. She's going for it. She's doing great. The only problem is her supervisor is Dr. Joseph Wright, and he's an arrogant asshole, and she just can't stand the guy. Yeah, he's not exactly kind to her. (laughs) No, and it's really frustrating because they'll go see patients together, and he'll be super nice and caring to the patients, and then the second they're alone, he just bites at her. (laughs) Yeah, I must admit, like, I don't... (laughs) I don't understand romances that are like that. I mean, you I understand why they, they're not getting along. That's a weird transition. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay it out there for you guys. I'm gonna tell you M. Uh oh. My issue I'm braced. <laughs> is the whole Oh, he's pulling your hair because he likes you. Yeah. And that's throughout this story. And it just drives me bonkers. You know what? I don't care if a boy is pulling your hair because he likes you. He's also pulling your hair because he's an asshole and doesn't know how to communicate his feelings. Drop him and move on. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Not worth your time. <laughs> I usually find that pretty unconvincing in a romance. It's it's a hard sell. I mean, I'm already a hard sell. <laughs> so That is a trope. or It's not even a trope. It's a thing we tell our children in real life. Yeah. It is a thing that needs to die. It needs to go curl up in a corner and die. You know what that made me think of? (laughs) In Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, that song Settle For Me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it could be worse. Settle for me. Uh, No. (laughs) She's doing great on her own. She really is. She doesn't need some little boy pulling her hair on the playground. No, she doesn't. I don't care if he is a hot doctor. Like, no. Not worth it. The thing that really, really, really gets to me about this is that she has such high self-esteem. Yeah. She doesn't need this guy. No, she really doesn't. (sighs) Okay. Which means that she's obviously, on some level, (laughs) she must be attracted to that behavior. Oh, well, okay. Let's let's get right into it because... (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Guess guess what her dad is like. I feel like I need a desk to hide <laughs> under. And and the little desk that, that I have in front of me that, that's sitting my laptop on, it's not sufficient for the level of hiding I want to do. I feel like I need to, like, bring supplies. Uh, I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> I am going to just keep this horse right beside me along with my baseball bat, and we'll just beat on it throughout the podcast episode. Can we? not can we not i I hate that phrase so much give me a replacement phrase beat a dead scarecrow there you go all scarecrows are dead well it's not a horse and i know even if it's dead like no no you scarecrow beat a dead horsefly there you go you get the horse part uh it's a dead horse em it doesn't have any feelings it doesn't care it's dead. It's fine. No, not horse. <laughs> uh, okay, I got so derailed. Yeah. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. You're mad and All I'm right. punchy. I don't think this is going to go well. Or maybe this will be great. I'm not really sure. This could go either way. Devin finally gets sick of his shit and calls him out for being mean to her all the time. Which she should, because... She should not be mistreated. He's just smug and arrogant and like teases her about that. And then she just storms off 
And then we get a chapter in his head where we learn he thinks she's hot when she's mad. Yeah. And that's why he likes getting her riled up. It's to make his pee-pee happy. Yeah. Well. Y'all, this man is 34 years old. (laughs) (laughs) He's a fucking doctor. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Still human. Still capable of human foibles. He's got a thing against dating co-workers because one, the hospital frowns on that, although apparently it's fine. But two, his ex, who is a doctor, is named Mariah, and she was... She's a pill. Yeah, she's she's got issues. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, Mariah slashed the tires... Of the car Joseph was driving at the time, which happened to be his father's car, but she didn't know that. Well, either way, they're not her tires to slash. Doesn't matter who else they belong to, but yes. <laughs> Apparently they were dating and things were fine. And then one day he wakes up and there's bridal magazines everywhere. And he's just like, whoa, whoa there. I'm not there yet. This is a level of commitment I am not there for. Things went south and her clinginess and craziness into intensified due to this admittedly crappy relationship he now picks on devon (laughs) yeah you can't see it but i've been rolling my eyes this whole time oh i can imagine so the next day devon is venting to her friend reese their bffs and reese says oh he probably picks on you because he's into you apparently reese is okay with it now granted reese might be biased because she is dating joseph's younger brother she knows joseph socially maybe it's a family trait maybe that's how the brother won her through similar overtures i don't get that impression i mean we'd have to read the first book and then later devon has a date with malcolm malcolm is her ex both characters in this book have shitty exes she broke up with malcolm because he was too quote controlling but he says he quote changed and so now she's giving him a second chance Although she is being kind of smart about it. She tells him straight up, we're starting from square one. This isn't like where you get to assume all the stuff. We're pretending this is new, like completely new. Yeah, which I think is smart. Yeah, I think so too. Going on a date with him isn't, but at least she's trying to do it the smart way. She's a compassionate person, so she's trying to go once more into the breach, dear friends. Malcolm is very pushy. Initially, he wanted them to drive to the place together, and she's like, no, let's go separate. I'll meet you there. I want my getaway car, thank you. (laughs) Seriously? Uh, Ladies, don't ever go on a date (laughs) without an escape plan. Yeah. (laughs) But... He walks her to her car, he kisses her, he kind of implies like, oh, well, maybe we could go home together. And she's like, no, no, this is, this is it for the night. Thanks for the lovely time. Goodbye. (laughs) I knew he was bad news from the first line where he was there. I'm just like, oh. Yeah, I know. Which I think Jones did a really good job of illustrating how really unappealing an option he is. Jones writes toxic men very well. Yes. (laughs) I will give the author that. (laughs) And strong, strong women. Yeah. Strong yet forgiving. I really liked (laughs) Devin and Reese's scenes very much yeah they had a really good friendship they did the next day at work malcolm somehow sneaks into where the nurse's desk is with flowers gives devon flowers and asks her to dinner joseph doesn't like this it makes his pee pee sad (laughs) oh no 
Do you disagree, Em? I don't disagree. <laughs> there you go. I, I think he's very much motivated by his getting laid prospects. By his pee-pee? Yes. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say what I'm thinking. Yeah. Say what you're thinking. I need to know. <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of like, you know, directional. Wherever it's pointing, that's where he goes. <laughs> target acquired (laughs) yeah ew it's locked on to devin lucky her (laughs) locked on (laughs) torpedo (laughs) joseph is jealous he doesn't want to be jealous he pretends he's not jealous but he does react jealously because he answers for devin and says oh no she can't go out with you tonight she has to work late with me Ha ha. Neener, neener, neener. I mean, Devin wasn't going to go out with Malcolm anyways. She thought he was being pushy. Yeah. (sighs) It's just, you know, Joseph inserting himself in her life. (sighs) Anyways. He makes himself important. Joseph has started treating Devin like a human being. He's kind of resolved to stop letting her get to him. Yeah, she's hot, but I have to just focus on work. And he actually, he actually starts giving her like real feedback on her work too. He'll say, oh, you did a really good job there. You did the thing. Yay. And so things kind of seem like maybe they're evening out. Maybe they can work past this sexual tension they have because inexplicably Devin's into him too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure why unless she's horny, which fair enough. She likes arrogant men. She needs to get laid. That's perfectly fine. I don't know why she looks at Joseph and is like, that is relationship material. I don't either. However, there's a point where Joseph tells Devin, okay, this next patient is yours. And I think it's like a teen girl. She's a university student. It turns out she has a yeast infection due to a sexual encounter involving food. Mm. She's there with her BFF. Devin gets Joseph to prescribe her pills. (laughs) And then um, the girl asks, oh, well, can you give me extra because my friend was also present at the sexual encounter and does not have insurance? Welcome to America, y'all. Yep. Devin pauses because she can see the whole thing. Like she sees, okay, this poor girl, she's probably embarrassed. She could go get free medical care at the university. Well, free, paid with her tuition. But... She'd rather not have it spread all over that she has a reason to see a lady doctor. Yeah. I think she's preparing to be caring because it's important to note that Devin is trained as a nurse. Nurses think about the patient. One of one of my best friends is a nurse and it's all about like the patient's care, their comfort, their everything. The doctor is more about like the diagnostic stuff. Not that doctors can't be caring. Well, the focus is different. Yeah, the the focus during training is yeah, different. Yeah, exactly. Because nurses are hands-on. But Joseph can't stand waiting for Devin to respond. And so he jumps in and he's like, no, that's bad. No, no, bad, bad. And he sends the two young ladies on their way. The one with her prescription, the other not. Which Devin was going to do too. Because there's ethical reasons for not doing that. It may not seem like the most compassionate, but... Yeah, the thing is, though, is she could have given... Either of them could have given a compassionate response without prescribing the pills unethically. True, totally. Joseph chose to be an asshole instead. 
Yeah, I must admit, like, that was a point where I'm just like, but dude, but why, dude? You've shown you're capable of compassion with other patients. It's because he decided Devin was going to give the wrong answer. And he couldn't trust her. And so he leapt in and gave the correct answer in a rude way. (laughs) Devin, rightly, I feel, confronts him about this. She's like, why did you stamp all over my authority in front of this patient? That was not cool, man. He starts telling her, well, you know, that's unethical and blah, blah, blah. And she's all, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I wasn't going to give the wrong answer. They start arguing in the hallway and then he grabs her and kisses her because remember, she's mad. That's hot. It's like in those (laughs) 50s movies where it's like, oh, if he just kisses her, it'll all be better. Even if she says no, if he just kisses her one more time, it'll be fine. Oh, those scenes. The woman always looks so awkward at first. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Cringe. It's never like he grabs her and she leans in. It's always like he grabs her and pulls her in. And then she just (laughs) succumbs or melts. And yeah. Devin melts. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) It gets hot and heavy. They start making out in the hallway. It's the angriest, hottest makeout session ever. And then it starts going a little, a little further than that. And... Joseph pulls her into a closet and they start having sex. Luckily, there's a basket of condoms on the shelf in this closet, so it's protected sex. Yay! Condom watch. (laughs) After the sex, which is explosive, and they're both into it, there's extreme awkwardness and Devin's just like, this never happened. And then she runs away. (laughs) Oh, I have so many issues with this scene. (laughs) We haven't even touched on the abuse of authority, the power imbalance. I know. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I mean, there's definitely, like, in romance, like, there is the boss employee thing. Like, the CEO and the secretary. Like, that's a whole thing. And this is just a different version of that, basically. He does get her consent. Before he, you know, he actually fucks her. Is this okay? They have, like, that little sort of communication. So that's good. So later, Joseph is visiting with his brothers. They kind of figure out that he ended up having sex with Devin. At this point, I think his whole family, like everyone is like, yep, he's going to be with Devin now. Yeah. Everyone except Joseph is. They all seem very certain. Joseph is like, no, no, this was a one-time thing and it was an angry fuck. Yeah, no, she's hot, but no. It's very much a, (laughs) you say no, but your body says yes. I made that weird, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> you used the voice. Did I? That was the voice, Em. Is it? Yeah. Oh. That's the voice. I asked you to make that one time and you didn't make it for me. Oh. Yeah, no. I can do a lot of voices. It's hard to remember which one. That one. <laughs> Although his brothers are kind of, I guess, nervous about the Devin thing too, because she is a co-worker and Joseph hooked up with Mariah through work and we all know how that turned out. Spectacularly. Joseph, however, is like, no, no, it's not like that. Devin isn't weird like that. She's great. It'll be different with this one. And I think it's Joseph's doing. It's kind of implied that it is, but after the sex... Devin is now assigned to work under Aviva, who is one of the other doctors in the women's care unit. Aviva is super pregnant. I liked her. Yeah, she was cool, though I do have some issues with her. What? She did the whole... Okay. Oh, 
I don't recall having She did issue. the whole thing where the two ladies are talking and she's just like, no, no, let the men do the men's stuff. It's fine. I think I'm getting more immune to that the more romances we read. This one was egregious. Immune. We'll get to that part. <laughs> egregious. Immune. She is friends with Joseph. They went to med school together. He's nice to her. Yeah, he's super nice to her. Aviva is nice to everybody, though. So she's nice to Devin, really likes her. She's the reason Devin's internship got accepted, because originally Joseph wasn't going to go for it. Aviva was like, no, no, nurse practitioners are awesome. But I'm attracted to her on paper. This will not go well. (laughs) While Devin and Aviva are working together, they chat about Joseph. It comes out that, at the very least, they kissed. And Aviva, to her credit, does the whole, did he make you feel uncomfortable in any way? Is this a sexual harassment thing? Is there an issue? I will put him on a pyre and light it for you. Yeah, she would. I fully believe that she would have Devin's back in this. As much as she's friends with Joseph, I feel like she would do the right thing. But when Devin assures her, no, everything's fine, then Aviva starts laughing and she's like, oh, you guys are so funny with each other. And not only that, she does the whole, yeah, it's because he likes you. That's why he's so mean to you. Isn't the patriarchy cute? Oh, see, when men are toxic and gross, it means they like you. Yeah. It doesn't mean they like you. It means their pee-pee is sad. (laughs) <laughs> i feel like i need to direct joseph to bo burnham's song about romantic love <laughs> you can offer your penis but they have the right to decline <sighs> and it's okay then another hot guy shows up at the nurse's desk looking for Devin. we have more jealousy from joseph but wait it's fine because it's her brother eric <sighs> it's okay joseph It's her brother. It's okay. Stand down, dude. Eric is there to take Devin out to dinner. While Eric is there, he meets Aviva and instantly digs her. While at dinner, Eric wants the 411 on Aviva, and we find out that Aviva is actually a single mother. She was artificially inseminated. And so Eric's like, ooh, green light. Basically, that made it sound creepier than I felt like it was in the story. It felt almost like a f- like he fetishized her. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe not all the men in this story are toxic, M. I'm not sure. It's so weird when, when male characters are written that way. They only see female characters as sex objects. As a dick pocket? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to curse. A warm place to put their penis. (laughs) Who cares if they have feelings? Well, there's feelings and then there's feelings. (laughs) All he cares about is his pee-pee's feelings. I gotta stop saying (laughs) pee-pee. It's just gross. I'm starting to gross myself out. I don't know why you chose to go that route, but I support you and your decisions. (laughs) Even if it's to use words, but I don't know why you're choosing to use that word. It's a special conceit I'm using just for this episode. (laughs) Okay. It's my license for creativity. I am wielding it. I'm trying really hard not to swear, so I'm trying to be careful about what I say just in general. (laughs) I'm trying to win this challenge (laughs) that I put forth for myself for no apparent reason other than to torture myself. (laughs) You're killing my vibe, Em. I'm not trying to kill anything. I don't want to kill anything. Where is my cuddly, profane Em? I can still be cuddly and not be profane. 
Can't I? Well, yeah, you can still be cuddly. Just think, as soon as this episode is done, I can swear up a storm. Yeah, true, true, true. I can swear in my head all I want. No one else will know. (laughs) After Eric confirms that Aviva is single and ready to mingle, their conversation turns to how Devin is giving Malcolm a second chance. Eric is not happy with this because he sees Malcolm for the slime ball that he is. And even though his sister is saying, eh, but he changed and it's fine. He's like, no, he is terrible and horrible. The following day, Aviva is out sick. So Devin is scheduled to work with Joseph again. They do okay. But later in the shift, Joseph wants her to do an emergency cesarean with him. And she says, oh, just a sec, I need a break. And he's like, oh, well, I'll get someone else. And then she's like, oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And so she ends up assisting him. And I think it's a pretty big deal for her because she's like the first assistant. I forget what they called it in the book, but it's a big deal. It was a really good experience for her. And she kicked butt and did awesome. And he even told her that afterward. He's like, you did amazing. But then she passes out. Turns out Devin has type 1 diabetes, adult onset which she found out, I don't know, months ago, but not very long ago. So she's still working to control it. She's still adjusting. Devin stays home the following day to kind of chill and recover and all the good stuff. Self-care, yay. Malcolm visits her at home. And this, oh my God, Em. Did we say Malcolm was a doctor earlier? Because Malcolm's a doctor. And Malcolm found out she passed out at work. Yeah, he he has his own ethical issues. And he unethically went into her medical file and learned her medical history. Huge (laughs) no-no. Without Devin's consent. And he confronts her about it. He's mad. He's mad that she didn't tell him. And she's like, why on earth would I tell you? We're, quote, starting over, remember? This isn't something I knew before. (laughs) This is something I learned after we broke up. I am so mad. I am so mad at Malcolm. He is... You know how how sometimes you say that we need a villain to make the hero look good? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've said that a few times. I think that's what this is. (laughs) Yeah. At least Joseph didn't unethically dig through Devin's medical files. No. It's so weird because they both mistreat her in different ways and to different extents. But at least Joseph improves. He shows that he's capable of growth and being an adult. Is he, though? Better than Malcolm. It's not hard to be better than Malcolm. True. Low bar. The bar is low. Yeah. Yeah, He really is bad. Nope, I did not just curse in my head. (laughs) Devin is super pissed off, rightfully at Malcolm and she reads him the riot act and tells him off and says everything is over and she never wants to see him or talk to him or deal with his jerkedness ever again and kicks him out. Yay! I was very happy for her. Me too. And then after Malcolm leaves, Devin starts chilling out again, but someone else comes up to the door. She goes to see who it is. It's Joseph. He showed up with her favorite flowers. Yay! Hi, Joseph. And wants to check on her and see how she's doing. And it's actually cute, aside from the fact that he knows where she lives somehow. Well, he could easily find out because of social connections. Still? I don't know. I didn't think it was that... (laughs) If Malcolm hadn't, if they weren't exes and Malcolm showed up, I would find that way more threatening because of 
Malcolm. Yeah, well, Malcolm showing up would be threatening, but Joseph showing up without knowing where she lives beforehand is creepy. I don't know. I didn't get that impression. Okay, well, I just don't like <laughs> There is that. <laughs> I must admit, he's not a pirate, so I don't feel like I need to make excuses for him like I do pirates. Yeah, no, you're right. He found out where she lives from Reese because he found out her favorite flowers from Reese. He knows Reese socially, and for some reason, her BFF Reese thought it was totally fine to give Joseph Devon's info. And, and maybe it would have. I mean, everybody's like boundaries are in different places, you know? It didn't seem to bother yeah, Devon. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother her, so maybe that's why, too. Like, it didn't bother me because they're part of the same social group and Devin wasn't bothered so it didn't bother me it kind of puts a, a shade of creepiness on this otherwise sweet gesture of his i can understand that i guess if i were reese in reese's position i think i would have been like okay well let me check with her first before i give out her info especially yeah. because I would just add that little additional protection, but then again... And consent. Yeah, consent and protection just because, yeah, <laughs> friend. And even if as Reese I wasn't that close to Devin, I would probably do that anyway, particularly with a woman living alone. Yeah. I'd probably do that regardless, just... I wouldn't assume, but yeah. Yeah, it just seems to me, and, and maybe this is just a social thing. Maybe it's just, this is how I've been socialized. The author doesn't think of things this way due to their personal experiences or something like that. But I've always been like, oh yeah, I'll give so-and-so your number for you versus here's their number, for example. Yeah, me too. I'm more on along those lines. Because then you're helping, but you're not causing anything. Well, like I said, it's consent, it's protection. I don't know. I mean, Reese knows him. She's dating his brother. So I guess she knows he's safe. But do you ever really know? According to King, no. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it, it would be different if Devin opened the door and was like, what are you doing here? How did you find out information about me? Or then after he left or while he was there, she sends like an angry text to Reese like, why did you tell him where, you know, like, but she was completely relaxed about it. So different boundaries. It's fine. Devin invites him in. They start talking. They discuss the diabetes thing. Then Joseph is about ready to head out. But the sky opens up and it just starts pouring dangerous amounts of rain. As it is wont to do, because skies can do that. And so then Devin is like, well, you should just stay here for a while until it stops raining. She feeds him. They talk about his past behavior. (laughs) And he kind of explains to her a bit, even though he's super into her and he'd love to have sex with her. He doesn't want to date coworkers. Like, that's his boundary. Yes. And she's cool with it. She's like, okay, well... Can we still have sex, though? Because I liked it. (laughs) It was good. (laughs) They begin a friends with benefits sort of relationship. A week passes. They've been getting together regularly. They're doing their best to hide it from people at work. But then, you know, fucking on the sly. But then one day, Devin comes into his office and is like, so your place or mine tonight? And Joseph starts feeling like, oh, no, is she getting too clingy? Ah, wall activate (laughs) and he says oh yeah i don't want to make plans tonight i got other stuff to do and she's like oh all right that's fine you gotta do your single dude stuff whatever and so she leaves (laughs) and then joseph is like oh no (laughs) 
I am now trapped by my own wall. <laughs> Shit, I should have put a gate on this wall. I know. I loved her response. She's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> you do your thing. I'll go do mine. But I wanted to do things together. Well, then you should have used your words, buddy. Yeah. I I just did not understand this. It's like, okay, you know, it's totally cool. If you are just friends with benefits, there's no other thing. And Or even if you're not, even if you're dating, you know, and he wants to go off and do his stuff, that's fine. Like, there's no problem with that whatsoever. Why is he upset that she's not upset? Perhaps he internalizes that to he's not as important to her rather than she just has a healthy outlook and self-esteem. Well, that's and and then also there's the whole thing where he's like, well, if she's not the one getting too attached, then it must be me. Yeah. So Joseph ends up visiting his dad. They have a conversation. Joseph's mom has passed away. His dad has recently, I guess within the past however long, months ago, started a relationship with an awesome lady they're great but while joseph's visiting with his dad his dad reminds him you know you promised your mom that you would slow down and have a family so don't forget that (laughs) and now i'm gonna go have my fun plans with my girlfriend and she's gonna invite you but you better not agree to go (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's not exactly how it went but kind of (laughs) And so Joseph drives home alone and he's just thinking to himself, why did I blow off Devin? I could be in her bed right now, hanging out with Devin. Why am I doing this to myself? Why is this wall here? Where did it come from? (laughs) Oh, there's a mirror on that wall. However did that get there? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Malcolm texts Devin and apologizes for his assholery. And Devin accepts his apology and she says, oh, everything's fine. It's okay. I forgive you. And then Malcolm interprets this as, oh, green light. Things are a go again. Whereas Devin more meant it like, yeah, no, no bad feelings. Enjoy your life away from me. (laughs) Misinterpretation. Yay. (laughs) And then Devin has a conversation with her mom. She's out to lunch with her mom, I believe. And her mom's like, who are you texting? And Devin starts thinking about the whole thing with Malcolm because her mom loves Malcolm and wants Malcolm and Devin to have a cute little family, have cute little babies, just be perfect and wonderful. However, Malcolm is basically the same as Devin's dad. Now Devin's dad is is passed away, but was very controlling and I think the book used the term managed Devin's mother. Yeah. Which ew. <laughs> and Malcolm is just very much like that. He, so, okay, so Devin is not overweight, but she's curvy, but she's not unhealthy, which, whatever. But Malcolm still, like, polices her diet. Yes, he feels like he still has things to say regarding her her diet and whatnot. And honestly, it doesn't matter. It truly doesn't matter what Devin's body shape is. Why does Malcolm have anything to say about it whatsoever? Yeah. Or her diet. Or how she acts or where she goes or anything. Why? Why? I hate Malcolm. I know you do. You can add it to the list. (laughs) And while Devin's brother Eric sees the similarity between Malcolm and their father and goes, oh, no, 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 that man has trouble. Devin's mom sees the similarity and she's like, oh, he's just like your father. That's so wonderful. He'll take care of you. I think you mean smother and control. Yeah abuse yeah that's another word for it (laughs) let's call it what it is (laughs) it's abuse 
Yeah. When a man starts telling you what you can and can't do, unless it's consensual. Yeah, unless you are signing up for that and consenting ahead of time or consent, like, there has to be consent going into things like that. Yeah. Otherwise. If it's. If, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's abuse. <laughs> it's not everything is so cut and dry, but yeah. <sighs> All right. After Devin hangs out with her mom, she goes to meet up with Reese. I think Reese was out to lunch with her boyfriend, and so she's finishing up with him. And Devin kind of gets a little sneak peek into Reese's love life because she gets to watch them be all cute and do cute couple stuff, and she starts to feel a little jealous. Aww, <laughs> I want that. I want someone who loves me like that. That would be nice. Instead, I have an asshole doctor who's my friends with benefits, and I have an asshole doctor who's my abusive <laughs> ex. Hmm. Maybe don't date a doctor. Try something new. There are other professions out there, I have heard. Not that all doctors are bad, but, you know, maybe that type is bad for you. Asshole doctors. <laughs> That's a no-go. Well, asshole anybody, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Devin's attracted to doctors because they understand her schedule. I, I mean, it makes sense. Look around who you interact with. And if who you interact with are doctors. Uh, yeah. And also if you're both in the same profession, like the medical profession, where there's a heavy impact on your personal life. It makes sense. Like, and shared, shared miseries and joys and miseries. You know? Yeah. And they understand. Exactly. But yeah, just avoid assholes in general. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> you said asshole. I know. I know. Does that count? Is that a swear? I don't know. Because I meant it as like, no, I didn't. I wasn't referring to anatomy part. I was referring to behavior, which is the swear. <laughs> oh, it happened so naturally, too, that I didn't catch it you at failed. first. I could cut it out and then no one would know except that would us. be dishonest, though. We don't like dishonest. <laughs> right? I'm telling myself this. I mean, I know we don't, but like. All right. Well, let's see if, if that can be the only one. In my head, it's so not. But yeah. Do you do you want to keep trying or do you want to let the we'll gates open? We'll see how it goes. I mean, the challenge was to not do it and I did it. So I guess it's to <laughs> how spectacularly do I want to fail this challenge? It's a free I guess for all now. <laughs> oh swearing is so easy yeah but is it like an f or is it like an f minus oh, dude i yeah i knew someone who gave f minuses <laughs> you have to try to fail that hard like that that's effort <laughs> i would think f effort yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> After this little interlude where they go off and talk to their friends and family and whatnot, we're back at work, but the friends with benefits situation is now over. Since Joseph kind of gave Devin the whole, oh, oh no, you're too clingy. I mean, he didn't say that, but that's how Devin interpreted it. Devin's like, okay, fine. I'm not going to initiate, whatever. Joseph doesn't initiate either because I put my wall up and now I don't know how to get out. I'm stuck. Behind this wall. It's terrible. And me without my hammer. The hammer is my penis. <laughs> I'm not sure why he doesn't say anything after that. Because it doesn't seem... Dude. It seems to me... Dude. Like, Devin made the choice. Okay. His communication levels where it comes to his feelings are not <laughs> adult level. 
But he doesn't have to talk about his feelings. I feel like if he said, hey, Devin, your place or mine, she would have got into it. Like she would have hopped on his dick. She'd been fine yeah, with it. I don't know. But he's, he's clearly not very good at saying what he wants, which is why he was pulling on her hair in the beginning. Instead of saying, I like you, yeah. or... Not literally, but yeah. Avoiding, or, or any other behavior. Anything that's remotely well, healthy. I mean, avoiding isn't necessarily health, but you know... It's healthier than picking on her. Yeah, I mean, it's kinder. <laughs> You're only torturing yourself. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, back at work... I don't know why I keep talking in that voice? Malcolm surprises Devin with flowers again. Mm -hmm. And Devin's like, no, this isn't a thing. When I said I forgave you, that just meant I forgave you. That doesn't mean you get to show up at my work with flowers. That doesn't mean that we're going to do stuff. This is over still. Malcolm is mad and he starts saying like some really ugly shit. Like he starts body shaming her. He starts doing the whole, no one else would want you. Because he is also mm. a mature adult. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's totally he's gross. gross. However, Devin is amazing because she's just like, yeah, no, that's not true. I'm totally <laughs> wanted. <laughs> and even though it's not the exact truth, she tells Malcolm that she's in a relationship with Joseph and everything's great. He loves this body. And guess what? You love it, too, because just a second ago mm -hmm. you were begging for it. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm leaves. He's mad. Devin goes and tells Joseph right away. Um, yeah, by the way, I told my ex, my crazy ex, that we're dating. And Joseph's like, oh, that's fine. Props to Devin for telling Joseph right away. Yes. I think that was the right thing to do. She shouldn't have made that lie. But the fact that she did and then she told him and got him I in mean, on it. I mean, there's yay. lying and then there's lying. But yeah. I'm not sure why he's okay with it. I guess it's because he likes I her. think sometimes deceit for the purposes of safety and protection, we tend to allow that socially. The thing is, though, is she could say, oh, I have a boyfriend and he's amazing and he's all over this body without stating That's true. a specific dude. And then, yeah, I guess if he pushed, then she could say Joseph. It did make me feel pretty happy, though, because I think it just cranked Malcolm up that much more. <laughs> he's like, ah! <laughs> you know, I appreciated that. Like, she's just digging the knife yes. in. Like, she's all, twist! Twist and shout! <laughs> so two more weeks pass. Joseph and Devin have started this professional yet occasionally flirty sort of relationship, but they're trying to just figure out the new normal. They're navigating. And then Reese throws her BFJ a birthday party. And since they're all in the same social group, both Devin and Joseph are there. Joseph goes and finds Devin and he's like, oh, wow, she's wearing like normal clothes. That's really hot. Because up until now, he's only seen her in scrubs, professional clothing, <laughs> and naked. And I guess there was that time he saw her in her jammies. Yeah. So he hasn't seen her in jeans, but he likes well, it. that's good. He talks her up. They kind of just pick up where they left off. You know, he's all, you want to come back to my place? And she's <laughs> like, my place is closer. So they head back to her place. They start having sex. But then they're like, what are we doing? Like, what is this? And neither of them know. They decide together, I don't know what we're doing, but let's continue. It's mutual. It's consent. <laughs> Yay. It's so odd. And this is just a personality thing, I guess. But I am not cool with like the up in the air sort of thing. Like, I, I want that <laughs> shit nailed down. What are we? Tell me now. Where do you stand? What is your five-year plan? 
what is your 10-year plan? <laughs> Tell. Am I in it? Expectations. So I guess it's just a, it's a comfort level thing. Yeah. Different people have different needs. Apparently Devin and Joseph are totally cool with not labeling shit and just having sex. And that's fine. Like I'm not judging them. It just makes me feel weird. It's outside of your comfort zone. Ergo weirdness. (laughs) So they continue their friends with benefits arrangement at this point. Things seem to be going well. But then a week later, Aviva is out on maternity and Joseph gets a talk from his boss who says, yeah, so we hired Mariah to cover Aviva's maternity leave. And so we're going to move Devin over to the ER so she can get some experience over there. And I'm also going to foist all these first year doctors on your unit. Have I mentioned that I love you and you're my best friend and I will buy you cupcakes? (laughs) (laughs) and joseph is freaking out brave i think this is the first time i legitimately felt anything for joseph other than disdain growth (laughs) look i've experienced a character arc (laughs) so immediately mariah starts shit with devon because Devin's picking up her caseload for the day and she says she's reviewing her cases and Mariah's just like the audacity <laughs> of this nurse and Joseph walks out into this and he's like oh whoa whoa there what's going on here he thankfully backs Devin up and explains no no she's a nurse practitioner this is actually within her purview it's fine Mariah though now has it out for Devin Target acquired. Ah. Oh, that nurse. Ooh, I do not like her. I must take her down a notch or two or three. Yeah, she's a little unhinged, that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Joseph goes back to his office to hide, but he can't hide because Devin is there. And Devin is like, who is that woman? What is going on? (laughs) So she actually feels jealous. While Joseph was kind of talking Mariah down, Mariah kept going, oh, yeah, but we're going to go out later, right? We need to catch up on our date and all this. And Joseph's like, um, no, no, (laughs) no. So Joseph tells Devin, oh, yeah, so I dated her and now I just want it to be professional. I have no interest in her whatsoever. He gives her some of the backstory and then tells Devin, you know, you do you, be your professional self. I will back you up if needed. I guess this is a good point to discuss it since I'm feeling slightly (laughs) kinder toward Joseph. Let's talk a little bit about all the sexual harassment in this story. Okay. This poor man. (laughs) Is objectified and harassed and assaulted by his patients and co-workers and everything. It is gross. Like apparently this one patient like grabbed his dick. Yeah. There's this other time when he walks into a room with Devin and he gives the patient to Devin because it's a chick who's like all into him. Like, oh, oh, doctor. Yeah. I want to believe that this is over the top. I really sincerely hope it is. For those in the medical profession. Let's just go with that it is. (laughs) I really hope it is because it's not good in this story. It's just not. I don't like it. All right. Later, 
Joseph goes to see his brother, Jay. He's not technically asking for advice, but he's asking for advice. He's in denial about his feelings for Devin. And he's also in denial about what his current relationship is with Devin. He's like, I don't have time for a girlfriend. And Jay's like, well, what are you doing right now? See, buddy, when you don't define things, (laughs) you don't actively pursue definitions for situations, (laughs) things like this can happen. Which... Which it happens. I mean, that's kind of a romance staple. I don't know what's going on with us. Well, sure. But this particular one, it's like he erects this wall and then it's just all over for him. (laughs) He's like, I don't know. I'm behind this wall. What do I do now? (laughs) I put up this wall and now I'm behind it. Might I recommend a wrecking ball? (laughs) Walk around the wall, buddy. (laughs) The funny thing is, is I imagine his wall is cylindrical. So when you're like, walk around it, I'm like, but he can't because there's no way out. Oh. (laughs) Maybe he can climb. Install a ladder. (laughs) (laughs) So after this talk with his brother that is somewhat enlightening, he texts Devin and invites himself over for dinner. And Devin's cool with it. He spends the night at Devin's house. It's great. He leaves in the morning earlier than she does. So when she's on her way out to work, he's already gone. And guess who's out there? Santa? (laughs) Santa? You never disappoint. Oh, yay. No, it's Malcolm. <laughs> Malcolm's a butthead. Yes. His head is full of butt. Malcolm is mad because... Oh, gosh. <laughs> that went in a weird place. <laughs> it's full of butt. <laughs> Dude, I told you how my day went. <laughs> oh, I'm picturing that. It is not a happy picture. I do not like Funnily it. Funnily enough, I'm not picturing it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you shouldn't. Let's see. Malcolm is mad because Devin obviously had a booty call and it wasn't him. Well, buddy. And he says some more really horrible things to her and she bites back very well. And then he grabs her by the (sighs) arm to the point that she like pulls out her pepper spray, which good for her. Totally. And he's like, what, you're going to spray me? And she's like, yeah, if you don't let me go. (laughs) Yes. The spraying will be the first thing I do. So he lets her go and she drives off. But this is a very scary encounter. And Devin yeah. completely underreacts. I think I, agree. I think in the moment she handled it great, but afterwards she did not. She just wanted to rug sweep and she should not have. She should have called the cops. Well start a paper trail. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna live in the fantasy world where that goes well for her. True. Fiction. Yeah. And we want Malcolm to pay because his head is full of butt. (laughs) I'll leave it alone. Okay. When Devin gets to work, she goes and tells Joseph what happened and gets some comfort from him. He is justifiably angry. She's bruised. Yeah. This is, this is a big deal. He basically points out, yeah, you're underreacting. Yeah. And she's just like, no, no, rug, sweep, rug, sweep. Woohoo. I have a broom. She says, I'm not ready to deal with it right now. You need to just let it go. And so he tells her, okay, well, Aviva had her baby. So let's go visit her. Do you think that was good that he did that? Like, she's like, I'm not ready to handle it right now. And he leaves it alone. Or do you think (sighs) thoughts? Give me thoughts. I request them in writing. Okay, we didn't really touch on this. It is a sticky subject because the characters in this book are black. Mm -hmm. But my impulse is like, call the cops. Maybe that's not the best. I don't know. I'm not sure. (laughs) 
Yeah, you want justice done, but the avenues that we know for that can be problematic at best. So I want like the perfect world where they call the cops and the cops come and do the justice and the paper trail and Malcolm gets questioned and Devin could press charges due to the assault. You know, then Malcolm gets blacklisted as a doctor. This is his license. He is shamed. In a perfect world, that would happen. (laughs) Well, no, in a perfect world, she wouldn't get assaulted. Yes. But, you know. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's a sticky situation. I do feel like due to the fact that they don't really have a label on their relationship, he doesn't really have a whole lot of say over what goes on in her life. Yeah. And if she's not cool with pursuing it, then he needs to just drop it as much as that's not probably the best option. So I think he did okay. I wish things went differently, though. Yeah, because it's not like he's... Like, he does nothing because he tells her brother. Yeah. So when they get to where Aviva is, Devin's brother Eric is there because Eric and Aviva have started a thing. Joseph, after appropriately cooing over the baby, goes and tells Eric, oh, let's have a talk. Let's go talk about man stuff. Mm -hmm. And tells Eric what happened with Malcolm. And they're both PO'd and they're ready to go. And Devin is like, what the hell is going on? What are you doing over there? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) and she's like i told you i did not want to handle this right now then aviva was like no no let them do their man stuff come look baby women do baby men do other stuff earlier today i was having a conversation where for reasons porta potties were brought up like why they weren't where we thought they should be so then the topic of having stolen porta potties came up and i'm like yeah that that would be a male thing no one would be surprised that (laughs) men got together or males of some age got together and for whatever reason stole it (laughs) Either because a frat thing, construction site thing, or just because. Because poop is funny. For a reason yet to be determined. That's that's funny. (laughs) It's weird. Like, there's certain things where I think about it. It's like, oh, that's not a gender thing at all. And then something like that. I'm like, yeah, I, I can only imagine guys doing that. I really am struggling to picture women doing that. Yeah. And I mean, like, it'd just be a dude thing. Yeah, it's a dude thing. Yeah. I feel like that's the the line in the sand between the genders that there really is one is like, would you steal a porta potty? <laughs> I think you found the thing. And does it matter if that porta potty is used or unused? No. For a guy, it wouldn't, I don't think. For women, it would. If they were going yes, to at all. Very much. It would matter. I mean, there's I there's gotta be at least Maybe. one woman on the planet who would help out the dude bros. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate that I'm stereotyping it all, but yeah. <laughs> yeah you may have stumbled on the thing like the one gendered thing or mostly gendered because you're right there's probably one woman out there would be like yeah no totally i would do, do it. it well i would do it i did do it that's why i got one in my backyard <laughs> exactly it would be a done thing for and she'd get away with it too because no yeah, she'd do it efficiently no no one would assume that she's that a woman would steal it's kind of like with lizzie True borden story. like no she couldn't have you know axed anybody she is female <laughs> It would be like that. Like, (laughs) it would be that level of, but of course not. No, no, poop is icky. Women don't do that stuff. (laughs) Nurse. (laughs) Nurse. (laughs) I totally deal with shit all day. Nurses deal with literal Mm -hmm. shit. Yes. But that doesn't mean they're going to do it on their off time. Exactly. (laughs) 
I mean, really drunk. Probably. <laughs> um, back to the story, Em. What did you think about the thing with Aviva pulling Devin away from this conversation and, and being like, oh, no, let the men do their stuff. It's fine. They're protecting you. That sort of thing seems to happen in romance a lot, whether or not, uh, I don't know, maybe because romance seems so gendery in general. This is man area. This is woman area. That kind of thing. Yeah, it's part of the fantasy of wanting to be protected. Yeah, because of course only men can protect. Well, I didn't say that, but yeah. And to be fair, whatever it is that Joseph and Eric would be planning isn't necessarily going to protect Devin any better. But as far as like the let the men go do the men thing of possible crime and assault. I mean, I don't know what. Or is it just more like a plausible deniability? (laughs) I guess I want to know Aviva's motives a little bit better. What is she hoping to accomplish by pulling Devin away? I, I think she has a benevolent motive. I think that she has this idea that these two dudes care about you and they want to make sure you're okay. You should let them. And they're juggernauts that cannot be stopped. So just stay away or is it just it's not your area i don't know if it was a sexist thing but it came off a sexist thing to me that's what i mean i need more information i think partially it felt like it because she's waving her baby in front of devon's nose like now look baby woman stuff look life yeah. <laughs> yes new baby smell come touch the newborn enjoy <laughs> yeah okay we'll continue this conversation in a minute because <laughs> pin in it Uh, more to say (laughs) but joseph and eric leave they go and find malcolm malcolm is in his office at the hospital they bitch him out for threatening devon and assaulting devon malcolm knows about eric's past because eric is an ex-con yep he's like what are you gonna do go back to jail and then eric is like "Eh." I don't know, like he wants to kick Malcolm's ass, but he also wants to continue the trajectory that his life is currently on, you know, where he's living within the law and has a job and a girlfriend with a new baby. But Joseph, for some reason, is totally fine with leaping across the desk, punching Malcolm in the face, and then strangling him until Eric makes him stop. Yeah. And then Malcolm's like, ha ha ha, now you will lose your license and things will be bad for you. And Joseph says, ha ha ha, you admitted all the things you did and I've been recording you this whole time. And Eric's like, ha ha ha, I know the maintenance and security guys that work here and they say the cameras have been on the fritz wink wink and so malcolm effectively feels neutered and just lets them go even though he's pissed and then as they're heading back to aviva's room eric tells joseph yeah you know i like you for my sister you're good people and then they go back and see aviva and devin and devin confronts joseph of course and joseph is like but i was just trying to keep you safe and then devin hugs him and all is forgiven and aviva's like See, you guys came back and you weren't even wearing handcuffs. It's great. All is well. Am I being insensitive? I'm really struggling to believe that this is how two doctors act. Well, doctors are people and they're capable of every human success and failing that anyone else is. Attempted murder. Including punching the lights out of someone who attacked their significant other. With certain professions, certain training is involved to chill under pressure. Ergo, that's why their efforts are more premeditated. We're going to record it ahead of time versus the heat of the moment. Yeah, but he didn't 
premeditate leaping across the desk. That was out of anger. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is Malcolm's a terrible person, so you kind of don't mind that he gets punched. I mean, I was happy that Malcolm got punched and strangled. I was. And, and it's not like I necessarily think that Joseph and Eric should be punished for that. Although, honestly, if anybody's going to punch Malcolm, it should be Devin. Yeah, well, the thing, too, is we find out that Malcolm then accepts a position at a hospital across the country, and so he's no longer going to be a problem for anybody, except the new people he meets across the country. No no long-term Malcolm problem was solved. I mean, Devin's problem was solved, but Malcolm's still out there, at large, ready to abuse the next woman. Yeah, that's maybe the the reality or one of the realities in the fantasy and he's in a position of power too as a doctor mm-hmm. he's an authority yeah. figure it is fucked not everything gets a neat little bow tie on it we certainly on Devin's behalf feel like there ought to be some retribution and and whatnot but we we are not given that satisfactory conclusion although maybe the satisfying conclusion isn't so much that something horrible happens to Malcolm but something horrible doesn't happen to Eric and Joseph because to pursue anything really with Malcolm I mean it would likely not go well for Eric and Joseph or it would turn the feel-good romance story that this is into something that's not that. I wish the author had more commentary on why they didn't involve the law in this whatsoever. But maybe she feels like the commentary isn't needed because it's subtext that is understood. Maybe, but I don't understand it and I want to. Yeah, and that's fair. I'm sorry. You know, it, it's not unlike with Jane Austen, where lots it's of things not are her left. her job to explain it well, to lots me. Lots of things are left out of Jane Austen because they were just a part of her world, so she didn't include them. It's it's yeah. the same principle. I know. I want a bow <laughs> on it, Anne. I'll I'll give you a bow, and that will have to. <laughs> I have such mixed feelings because I like that Eric and Joseph were protective of Devin. I like that Malcolm got his ass kicked. I like that Joseph and Eric didn't get in trouble for it. But I did not like the boundary stompy stomp and the vigilanteism. Well, I think I would feel a lot different if Malcolm had grabbed Devin in front of them. And then there was the punchy and the string. Yeah, it would feel more immediate. I think maybe that would have made it better for me because they definitely premeditated this shit. They're like, yeah, we're going to go gang up on him and we're going to tell him what's what. And we're going to enforce it. Yeah, that that's where things get tricky with actions and reactions with characters and stories. Is that once there's a, a cooling off time, things can become premeditated. Even if you want to give a character the benefit of any doubt, it's harder to. Because it's like, but you had this time to possibly choose a different path or take different action. Yep. I'm glad that Malcolm's behavior wasn't allowed yeah. to escalate and he wasn't able to actually of hurt course. Yeah, she got away with some verbal slash emotional abuse and some bruises on her arm. So she did all right, you know, and she handled herself well. I just there's no easy answer. Yeah, In the perfect world, nothing negative would have happened to Devin at all. And in some worlds, it could have been way worse. So it's easy to to look at that and be like, well, only this level of bad happened. So yay. Yeah. Not every aspect of every story is happy, shiny people holding hands. Yeah, it's it's a messy part of the story. And I think ultimately it's okay. It's just unsettling too. But maybe that's the point. Yeah. 
it's that whole Swifts eat babies. You know, sometimes the point is discomfort or that's <laughs> yeah. an aspect of the point. And in the context of the story, it was happy because he was no longer their problem. Exactly. Okay. Two weeks pass and now Mariah gets to do her thing. See, Malcolm did his thing and now Mariah has to do her thing. Mariah is working with the first year doctors. She's touring them around and she tries to embarrass Devin by asking her a tricky question. And then when Devin gives the answer, Mariah's like, no, no, you're wrong because of these reasons. And then Devin's like, actually, you're wrong because your info's outdated. Ha ha. But then Mariah's pissed and she goes to Joseph and is like, Devin behaved inappropriately in front of the first years. She needs to be fired or reprimanded or something. Something bad needs to happen to her. And Joseph's like, okay, well, let me get my pad and I'll take notes for your story. And then I'll go get Devin's story. And then I'll go get the first year's story. And we'll have a whole investigation to figure out what needs to be done. Which, do you think he should be the one to do that? <sighs> Conflict of interest and whatnot? Yeah, that's tough, isn't like, it? Even if that is his position at the hospital. No, I think the ethical thing for him to do would be like, okay, well let me get dr other person yeah <laughs> oh my gosh that's... i mean he was ethical to a point because he's like yeah okay let's pursue this seriously yes you know? plus then you'd have to introduce some rando character at the very end there was that other doctor that was a brief side character that guy could have come in intro doctor <laughs> side character anyway mariah like pops out her cleavage and tries to get him to go oh but don't you just want to listen to my side of the story <laughs> by putting your ear to my boobs joseph is not swayed by Mariah's boobs. And nope. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. <laughs> He's like, no, we have to do it the right way. There has to be an investigation. We got to get everyone's side of the story. And Mariah's like, but my side is the best side. And Joseph's like, look, I know you're lying and you're a shitty person, but if you want to pursue this, this is how it has to be done. I'm paraphrasing heavily here. But... <laughs> Mariah's like, well, why don't you want me, though? And Joseph's like, well, I'm seeing somebody, so... And Mariah's like, oh, you're fucking her, aren't you? That's why you don't want to do this. So she basically guesses, oh, yeah, you and Devin are a thing. Which means now everyone's going to know you're a thing. Mm-hmm. Cat out of the bag. She just drops the whole thing and stomps out. And apparently spreads everywhere that Joseph and Devin are a thing. Which apparently doesn't matter whatsoever. And that's all we see of Mariah. That's the end of her arc. It sort of feels like there should be some consequence to the co-worker thing. It just feels but like, why? Yes. This is this is a thing that fizzled. Well, that happens frequently in romances, it seems. It's like, this is a problem. Until it's inconvenient. (laughs) That doesn't mean we shouldn't call it out. That's true. It's not just romances. There are plenty of stories where, oh yeah, there's this thing, but I'm done with it now. I'll just point it in that direction and hopefully readers will forget. But we don't. We make lists. Yeah, I make lists. (laughs) This is true. Moving on, Devin hasn't been feeling well. She thinks it's her diabetes. She thinks she's still like kind of struggling to control her blood sugar level. And instead of going to see her endocrinologist, she decides to run her own blood work. And whoopsie, she's pregnant. And why is she pregnant? It's because that one day when she fainted, she missed her birth control pill. It's because the bee went to the flower. No. 
No, she's she's one of those people that religiously takes her pill at the exact same second of the day, except for that one time when she fainted. Well, good on her. She goes to tell Joseph right away, but she tells him in a really weird way because she brings the paperwork from her blood work with her and she's like, I need you for a consult and gives him this paperwork. He's like, yeah, this is a normal pregnant person. Like what? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, except it's me. What the fuck are we going to (laughs) do? And Joseph's like, oh, well, I love you. And she's like, okay, but what the fuck are we going to (laughs) do? And there's this weird little moment where she's kind of like, well, if we keep it or something like that. And then he's like, oh, are you thinking of not keeping it? She's like, "Um, well, not really, but because he has been harboring this want to have babies because of his mother's dying wish. He doesn't want babies. He wants to please his dead mother. Yeah. Ooh, that is, that is, (laughs) that's a whole nother can of worms isn't it yeah that's a whole other thing (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm not even gonna go there so he goes home with her they make sweet love he stays the night in the morning she wakes up and he's taking care of her and she says she loves him back and then he says oh guess what we're winning the best couple thing in my family because we're the ones having a baby first because apparently, you know, yeah, his brother moved in with his girlfriend and his dad has a girlfriend, but he and his girl are having a baby, so they win. What do they get if they win? A baby. Oh. <laughs> I was Duh. kind of hoping for I was hoping for an ending, difference. because this is where the story ends, <laughs> abruptly. Well, there is a third book, so their story continues to a lesser degree, because they, they're not, well, they wouldn't be the primary couple. How do you feel about this ending, or lack thereof? It did seem kind of sudden. (laughs) There wasn't even an epilogue. It was just like, okay, we love each other, bye. No, and and so many times there there are. I guess... I would was kind of expecting an ending to have something to do with the co-worker thing because it was such, you know, it was so important in the beginning. But I mean, since it wasn't a thing at the end, I guess it kind of makes sense to... I, I don't they don't know. even put a label on their relationship at the end. I mean, they were never really that into labels. Yeah, but yeah, we're two people who love each other and now we're having a baby. Woohoo! Yeah, it definitely felt like it's more of a almost a happy for now. Kind of. I guess my question, like, is the baby supposed to be the commitment? Because usually there's a, I love this person. Yay. You know, there's the public display or something yeah. like that. And this, I guess, is, is supposed to, to yeah, be I that. Mean, tons of these books end with a baby, but they also end with them being married or, you know, at least together in some sort of official capacity. Yeah, there's some sort of label of togetherness. So they're either engaged or e- even just profess to each other, like, I only have eyes for you for forever or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be no. married to have a baby. I mean, I guess you don't even have to be together to have a baby, but I kind of feel like for a romance i want something i want some sort of commitment of some kind i think that would help i i guess the the commitment feels more either subtext or implied or something we don't assume baby means together forever and then there's the whole thing too like the way they say they love each other is just weird because he's like i love you and she goes oh well you must just be feeling sentimental because i just told you i was pregnant and then she doesn't say i love you back till the very next day i think he's giving her her insulin shot which is a thing that she likes for him to do 
it makes her feel cared for or whatever. And he makes it less painful. Yeah, because he distracts her. And she says she loves him. And he's like, oh, you just are saying that because I'm doing this for you now. I mean, it can feel kind of playful. It it kind of didn't. I mean, it could be playful, except that that's all we get. Like, we don't get like a, no, actually, I really love you. Like, really. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it feels less like a <laughs> like a happy forever and more like a happy for now. Yeah, kind of. So this sort of feels like there are other romance sort of stories that have done this too, either in, in books or movies, where the heroine will get together with the, the hero, but then the next time you check in with them, the hero has died for some reason. And so now she's available again. <laughs> because there's social reasons for why that's a thing because divorce isn't a thing so they need to make her available again and so um yeah body count i would be okay if joseph died this almost feels in a weird sort of way like that where it's just like you're kind of prepared for him not to be there or maybe in some level she's prepared for him not to be there because she knows what the writer is thinking (laughs) she knows her creator has plans for him or something (laughs) she had a vision i don't know maybe maybe i'm completely off the mark in which case that's par for the course no i'm i'm sure the author meant this to be a sweet love story and isn't planning to kill joseph i would hope so i mean i'm like 99 (laughs) percent sure i guess because it for some reason it doesn't feel like happily ever after i i'm not exactly sure why it doesn't but it doesn't and therefore it feels more open-ended i agree how is the audiobook? So the audiobook was narrated by Sean Kristen and Adenrele Ojo. And I think they did a really good job. I think they managed to balance each other really well. Sometimes their their interpretations of the characters were just slightly different, but it was complimentary as well. It seemed to be in my head where the audiobooks takes place. That's good. Why did I make it weird? I don't know. <laughs> It's good when the narrators have chemistry. I think either one of these narrators, if they had narrated the entire book, would have been great. I'm not necessarily always a fan of there has to be two. Were you cool with there being two? Yeah, I was. Like I said, I feel like they complemented each other well. I sort of like the consistency of one narrator, but that's just a quirk with me. I'd like to know some more about their take on Joseph. How how is he portrayed? (laughs) You know, like at the beginning where he's all arrogant and an ass and then he kind of shifts a little bit and is marginally caring and (laughs) ouch yeah no i mean they they both did balance that with how they conveyed his dialogue yeah there was that transition okay so it was expressed yeah oh no it was totally expressed that's interesting because in my head his voice never changed he was a cocky asshole Throughout the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that's where, at least with the audiobook, there was definitely a, a progression that's good. and transition. I mean, he did. He had some growth. I'm being unfair, but yeah. So, Em, are you happy for they're happy? I'm happy that they're happy. <laughs> such a non-answer. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> Just to get under your skin. It does. They, they got what they wanted, so... I guess. Yay, character goals achieved. I still sort of feel like... Maybe Devin thinks this too. I think Devin would be fine on her own. She would. I, I think Devin and Aviva. They can go be single moms together yeah. and start a coven of witches or something. Ooh, yes. 
I mean, it just, I, I think that's where they seem so good on their own that it makes it very confusing to me why, at least where Devin is concerned, she would choose someone to be with who he's still got a journey to go. I don't yes. know how ready he is for where they he are. He has miles to go before he sleeps. Yeah. Miles. She feels very much like a fully fledged functional adult. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. I mean, sometimes yes, but other times not so much. And so there's a disconnect there that it, <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> it does not compute. Especially since I don't get the impression that Devin is so overcome with love yeah, for I mean, Joseph. she definitely feels the chemistry she's into him she appreciates that he cares about her she likes that but yeah she doesn't it doesn't feel like it kind of feels like well i could take you or leave you yeah and maybe that's also why the ending doesn't feel as romancy what about you are you happy for their happy i don't even know how to answer this question because i don't feel like there was an end i don't feel like there was a happy i feel like I'm still drifting in the middle of the story. And you mock my response. Yeah, but this is unusual for me. (laughs) This is true. I'm usually definite. I'm par for my course. (laughs) So far, yeah. But I just don't know. I I don't know how I feel. I don't like them together because they're not together. At no point are they ever actually together. Yeah, they, they feel mismatched. They don't really feel like they were in a relationship. It doesn't feel like they're together to me. So I don't know how they're happy together. They're happy on their own. Sure. I mean, I'm happy that Devin's happy and I don't care about Joseph. So <laughs> woo. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to feel. I feel sorry for their baby because this baby is going to be born into this open-ended situation i don't want to make judgments about whatever unconventional uh partnerships (laughs) but it feels really open-ended to me i don't know how to feel so there is no happy okay how are you rating our hero and heroine okay well let's let's do you want the good news or the bad news (laughs) Uh uh-oh Let's do the good news first, because I feel like the bad news will take a long time. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about Devin then, because Devin is awesome. I love Devin. She's cool. She is smart. She is sassy. She stands up for herself. She is assertive. She has a plan. She gets what she wants. And yeah, she makes some bad choices in men, but it's her mom's fault. And I think with some therapy, she could just push on through and find someone awesome if she wants one. (laughs) If she wants one, like <laughs> she's going to pick him off the shelf at the grocery store or something. I feel totally fine with her having a baby. That's cool. I think she'll be a great mom. I agree. I, I think she's awesome. She's cool. Yeah, I also thought she was awesome. It, there's a little awkwardness and that's mainly where Joseph is concerned because I just, again, I just don't feel like they click or something. There's a disconnect. Girl, you could do so much better and please do. But her on her own, which kind of feels like that's her mindset. And she still is. She's living her best life. I think she she would indeed be a great mother. Her career is going very well. She seems very good at her job. No, I mean she I think she's amazing. How about Joseph? <laughs> I put him as awful, awkward and awful. Because <laughs> he is awkward because yeah. there's just behavior that it doesn't seem like Devin should tolerate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's she seems like so much of an adult and 
sometimes he just doesn't. How he was rude to the female patients that came in. Did he have to give the girls shit for it and give Devin as much crap as he did? Nope. It just made it really difficult to root for them as a couple and to invest in him. No, I like her. Why are you picking on her? Oh, because you're immature. Well, that doesn't speak very well for you because <laughs> I want better for her than, than you. Exactly. I'm glad he stuck up for Devin, but I, I fully feel like Devin was quite capable of sticking up for herself. Even if she didn't need him for financial security or anything like that, because she is meeting those needs herself, emotionally she should be connected for him. And she didn't. And it makes me think that there's a reason, like maybe deep down, and maybe I'm psychoanalyzing her way too much, like maybe she knows he's wanting. Yeah, I'm not particularly sure why she loves him. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I don't imagine her getting up in the morning and if he was not in the bed beside her that she would miss him. I think she would get up, see, oh, he's not here. Yeah. I'm going to go start my day. Yep. Come on, Junior. Yeah. And and teeter a child or, you know, (laughs) and that just... That's a weird thing for a romance. It's a weird ending. So what about you? I write him awful. <laughs> Let me get out my dead horse. Ah, again with the dead horse. Dead scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph is abusive, just yeah. in a different way from Malcolm. He boundary stomps. He's only nice to her because he got his dick wet. Seems to be, yeah. And has no communication skills. How did he pass med school? That's a world building question that I don't have access to those answers. How did he get this far in his life? I admit I was biased against him from the very beginning of the book due to his grade school level interactions with Devin. It's hard to root for him. But he did not redeem himself. Yeah. The very few things he did that were nice, that were sweet or whatever, did not make me feel better. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's really a a story of his redemption. Can he not be grade school (laughs) behaving? And by the end of the story, I'm not entirely sure that he can. No. He can't because how does he handle the big conflict with Malcolm? He goes and beats his ass. That's how he handles it. It doesn't feel like an adult way to handle it. Again, I I don't know, but it feels bad. I don't like it. Feels bad, man. (laughs) Dot JPEG. Yeah, it doesn't feel satisfying. I am not satisfied and I don't care. She can have good sex with someone else because that's all he's doing for her. It seems like it. It's just, it's, it's odd. I don't, I don't think I've ever felt this way on one of these episodes. I just, I feel very strongly and maybe, maybe it's because it's a contemporary too. You know, it's not couched in the realm of some fantastical world where rules are different or whatever. It's real world stuff, but he has no excuse. I guess that's what it is. I don't see any excuses for him be better joseph okay so dare i ask about the antagonists i'm a little afraid so i have a list (laughs) joseph's on it there's also malcolm and mariah so i'll start with malcolm i think he was a really good antagonist i fucking hated him the author did an excellent (laughs) job of making me hate him yeah he was believably horrible yeah i really love that oh it's because i love you yeah creepy and gross And realistic. Ugh. And I'm happy he got punched and strangled, even though I'm not happy <laughs> that it happened. That's contradictory. Deal with it. Dealt. Mariah, I rated awkward-ish, leaning toward awful, because her whole storyline just fizzled out. Yeah, it, it, 
wasn't as satisfying. Yeah, I was really looking forward to it ramping up, and it looked like it was starting to, and it was like, oh, wait, no, no one cares. Sorry, Mariah, you suck. Bye. Yeah, it was disappointing. Although, I do have to give props for Joseph with him laying out his boundaries very firmly and professionally yes. with Mariah. Good job. Good job, buddy. That's one thing you did right. Hey, ouch. A plus on that one thing. <laughs> there's probably more than one. And then there's no. Joseph, who I'm going to rate awkward because he's our hero. Like, I don't want the hero to be the villain. I don't like Well, it. antagonist doesn't necessarily mean uh, villain. It, but it yeah. doesn't, but it kind of does in this story. Yeah. No, fair. <laughs> That's fair. I usually don't mind the haters to lovers, but there needs to be like some sort of reason. And his reason was lame. It was so tricky, like at the end of the story, because there were things that concluded but there wasn't sort of some tie-in thing or something yeah. that kind of, I don't know, like connected Malcolm and Mariah, you know, like it wasn't I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it. Maybe you can read my brain and figure it out. Like, did you want there to be some larger impact on the couple versus just one member of the couple? Yeah, there was like the, the Malcolm thing, but that also really wasn't too big of a deal and dealt with separately as its own thing. Same with Mariah. She was an irritant that showed up up and was also dealt with separately but those should have been i think because they were both so repellent in their own special ways you know how much i hate love triangles but <laughs> there wasn't anything pulling keeping the lovers apart yeah and so once mariah exits stage left it just kind of transitions into okay well now there's just no conflict but they were together in the same kind of togetherness pretty much from early on in the story like act one or whatever so yeah their relationship didn't elevate no and i mean yes they have a kid but again that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be together forever it definitely implies that they'll be in each other's lives hopefully but that doesn't imply coupledom you know not in and of itself it, it's not expressly stated yeah oh and i want to give an honorable mention to um reese and aviva in this oh, category uh -huh. because they both are like cool with how joseph acts i honestly i thought you were gonna include um devin's mom yeah i should have <gasps> i forgot her yes Honorable mention to every other oh, woman in this story. <laughs> You're all on the list. Why are you cool <laughs> with how Joseph acts? For some romance stories, that's that's how it is. We've encountered that with other stories, too, where it's just like, oh, it, it's fine. Yeah, no, in, in many of them, it's like, spread your legs for him and then he'll be happy. I mean, they're much more sex positive in this book. Like, yeah, you go oh, yeah. Girl, get some. Oh, definitely. You know, but still. But it's very much like boys will be boys. Yep. I hate that. Boys will be human beings. Let's all have the same standard for everyone. Yeah. It's not okay to pull someone's yeah. hair if you like them. Or at all, really. Not without their consent. Unless they like it. And you know, because they told you explicitly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hair pulling is fine. Just <sighs> consent first. Do you have anything to add to the villain's antagonist's thoughts, etc.? No, my my voting is very similar to yours, and I added the mother. Good so. job. You get a gold star. Shiny. How did you rate the book, Em? I was fairly entertained, so I put it at a three. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely some parts where I was laughing, laughing out loud, chuckling. So, yeah, I was fairly entertained. What about you? I put it at a two. Okay. Or I put it at a two. At a two or attitude? I, um... <laughs> Um, toodaloo. I think the author did a good job 
As far as writing, I was engaged, like it was easy to read. There were parts that were funny, but I just did not connect with the hero and I didn't connect with the couple's relationship. And I'm not reading this book to be unsettled. I'm reading this book for a happily ever after. So where is it? Yeah, fair enough. We all read for different reasons. And with romance, that's pretty much the reason. Yeah, but it's not a comment on the author's writing ability because she did awesome. I just fair didn't enough. like the story very well. So did you feel romanced? I asked, kind of knowing <laughs> the answer. No, <laughs> I did Aww. not. Would you like to hear <laughs> <Sure>. why? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always feel bad when you don't feel romanced. Uh, I know. It's okay, Anne. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I didn't connect. Fair enough. I didn't. If you don't connect, you don't connect. I, I don't know if there was a relationship, but if there was, I didn't believe it. Did you feel romanced, Em? No, but that will surprise no one. Shocker. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's not just that the couple was unconventional and that they didn't, I guess it's unconventional, maybe it is conventional anymore to, to have babies but not be married. I don't know. Dude, who knows anymore? Maybe conventional is the wrong word. I don't know. Maybe socially we have to come up with a different word. I think they're unconventional because they didn't label their relationship at all. I mean, I guess it wouldn't bother me so much the lack of label if I felt the love between the couple. Yeah. Because then, I mean, there's other couples where you totally felt the love and the chemistry between the couple and they could have called each other turnip and it would have been like, yay, they're turnip. It's great. We love it. And so it's less about the label for me and just more about the fact that you just didn't. Well, you, (laughs) I meant generalized you. (laughs) No, I didn't. It just also (laughs) happens to work that way too. Me specifically as well as the general (laughs) you. All the you's. I I think that was the thing. It was the, the lack of label didn't bother me. It was the lack of love that I felt. Jones is a skilled writer. I'm surprised that it makes me wonder if that lack of palpable love wasn't intentional for some reason. Or maybe I'm just, I mean, I feel so non-romanced most of the time that, you know. Tons of people love this book. So there must be something that we're just missing. I mean, I often miss the things that lots of people don't miss. So I, I don't know if this is just another instance of me not getting it, which... That is entirely possible. So, yeah, I don't know if there's something I didn't pick up on that I could have or should have that would have intellectually explained things for me, even if emotionally I didn't catch on. I'm scrolling through Goodreads and this book has a 4.24 stars with over 1,500 ratings. So a lot of people like it. So there's just something that we didn't see. A book for every reader, right? For every book, it's reader. every reader, it's book. Oh, I've successfully (laughs) brainwashed you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay, what else are you reading? So I recently finished The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying by Marie Kondo. It's basically, yay, tidying. These are the reasons. This is how you do this. So right before Christmas <laughs> might not be a bad idea to kind of go through and reevaluate and see what things spark joy and maybe what things don't spark joy. So tell me, what does that mean? I've heard that so much, but I don't really understand what. What does Kondo mean by that? My interpretation of how she describes sparking joy 
or having something spark joy is that we'll say a book because why not? So there's a book, you pick it up and holding it gives you a good feeling. She sort of emotes this feeling like I've watched the Marie Kondo tidying on Netflix. She sort of has this expression of serenity and delight as she's trying to emote this sparking of joy. It's like if you connect with this thing on an emotionally positive level, yes. then yay. And you don't keep things just in case. I feel like that's kind of your lifestyle anyway, Em. You're kind of like, no, I hate you. Yeah, it's like keep it until it's like, no. No object. You do not spark anything except disdain into the trash with you. No writings. (laughs) You go directly into the trash. Don't poke that wound. It's still fresh. (laughs) They didn't spark joy. So what about you? What are you reading? So I want to give a content warning for my recommendation. It involves a erotic story without any consent whatsoever. Oh, okay. It is called Comfort Food by Kitty Thomas. This woman, Emily Vargas is kind of like a low-level celebrity. She does kind of like, you can do it, sort of speaking engagements. And she gets kidnapped and held captive by this man. We never learn his name. He does not have a perspective in the story till the very end when you get to read his journal. He conditions her through behavioral modification techniques to be his sex life. And it's not a romance, but it does have erotic content. Okay. And is very fascinating from a psychological perspective because it kind of shows her breaking down through these conditioning methods, realizing what's happening while it's happening, but still it happens, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that sounds really interesting. Makes me wonder what the author's research stuff was. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think this author writes a lot of dark stuff. It's called Comfort Food because initially Emily really loves chicken noodle soup. That's like her comfort food. And one of the things her captor does is... When she's being punished, that's all he feeds her. So when she's being punished, she's in like this completely blank room with no furniture. There's just a toilet and a drain. Like there's no bed. And he provides her with three meals of chicken noodle soup a day and a bucket to clean herself with. And when he's not punishing her, she has better accommodations. Yay. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. I really enjoyed it. I read it in one sitting. So I'm a sicko. That says it, doesn't it? That you enjoyed it. (laughs) That it's entertaining. That it was fascinating. The psychological journey. For me, one of the things I really like is I like getting in the head of somebody who thinks completely differently from me or getting to experience, you know, vicariously something that's just completely different from my experience whatsoever. And this definitely fit the bill. Makes me want chicken soup now. (laughs) Like lots of different varieties of it. I have to go make some chicken soup. I'm not a soup person. I wonder if I were Emily what I would be fed. Because <laughs> her captor like knows. He's researched her so he knows what she's into, what she likes or whatever. So this was a specific choice on his part to feed her chicken noodle soup. Alright, that's it for this time. Check out our website romancemepodcast.com for show notes, other episodes, our upcoming reads list. Don't forget, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or find us on Twitter at RomanceMeCast. Join us next time when we discuss Bitter Spirits by Jen Bennett. Bye! Bye. <laughs> 
So, of those six pages that I threw away, I've written three. They're better. They're better. They're story. It's not so much rambly. So that's always better. That's good. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for your happy end. <laughs> you, are you less traumatized now? I still don't understand, but I accept. <laughs>